Hey, buddy. Hey there, Johnny. How you doing, buddy? Doing, doing good, man. How about yourself? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Yeah. 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 So I, uh, Mark, I've got this uh, this hankering. I need, I need to go to Athens. Athens. Yes. What's in Athens? Um. Wait. I mean, wait. Wait. Texas, Georgia, or Greece? A Greece. Okay. Okay. Greece, okay. of course. Uh, I mean, there's lots of cool shit in Athens, right? Isn't the Parthenon in Athens? Yep. Isn't uh, like all sorts of really cool theater Baby, shit? It's my motherland. Yeah. yeah. Uzo is in Athens. Uzo's in Athens. Some like fine ass Greek bitches are in Athens. Hairy ass Greek bitches, the big old bushes. Uh, you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll bring my wife too. She'll take it too. <laughs> I love Lesbos. <laughs> Home place of Zeus. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But 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 but. What else? Uh, what else is in Athens, Mark? What was it the first site of? I believe it was the first site of the Olympics, five thirty BCE. Hey, there you go. So I gotta go and see like the original Olympics, like the just original wh- complex. Yeah, I've gotta go see it. You know, maybe I'll get naked. Maybe I'll do some little Greco-Roman wrestling. Maybe I'll get arrested for public indecency. No, they're Greeks. We're more, the, we are a naked race. More than likely, they're just going to steal all my shit. And It's not me being racist. It's just everybody in Greece is so poor right that now. That is you being racist, saying the Greeks are going to steal anything not nailed down, but all right. <laughs> it's just they're so poor right now. So I don't know. I think I need to go and check that out. But, you know, it'll be a nice 3,000-mile trip to get to, to Texas, you know, when I'm when I'm done with that. I can just come home. Yeah. yeah it'll yeah, be yeah. really far. Really, yeah. really nice. Really, really solid. Yeah. It'd be yeah. good. I think it'd be good for you. Yeah. Go see the motherland. Everyone should. I think so. If you you're know? Greek, otherwise, give us back our marble, England, you bitches. England takes everything from everybody, but bunch of assholes. But bunch you know, who knows? Maybe I'll even get lucky enough to light a cigarette on the Olympic torch, man. Well, number one, you don't smoke, but yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I might pick it back up if that's where my my heat source came from. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Dango Podcast. This is the weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy, Mark, who is in a laughing fit, hey, we talk about King of the Hill every week. It's the beloved animation classic. We bring up two episodes every week. We talk about the good, the bad. We talk about the uh, the ugly, the what we like, what we don't like. We see if it still holds up, and then we give it our patented rating system. And sometimes Johnny introduces us and gets nervous because kind of cute i think it's sweet i yeah. like i like when we mix it up and you introduce us hey hey you know what it's uh it's part of my improvisational nature and if we're gonna start our start off our week talking about greece then hell there's a lot of performance in greece buddy yeah buddy there is well mark what do you say we get to it let's long jump on into it buddy boom okay all right, we're starting this week with episode 111, 111, Torch Song Hillogy. Original air date, February 24th, 2002. Written, I think this is our first female writer, Mark. It's Emily Spivy. Spivey. Okay. Yeah. Why does that name ring a bell? Uh, so she is a American writer, actress, and story editor, best known for her work on Saturday Night Live. Okay. Um, she was a story editor for King of the Hill for 40 episodes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she, like, knows some shit. Or hopefully. Yeah, apparently she is the creator of a series called, an American animated sitcom called Bless the Hearts. 
for Holy Fox. Shit sucks. Okay, that and it terrible. is loosely shares the same universe as King of the Hill. Yeah, I've watched a lot of it. It's not good. No good. It's whatever. I. It's an animation domination show. If she cut her teeth on King of the Hill, it makes nothing but sense that Fox would have given her another show. Interesting. Makes no, Fox is not incestuous, but you know what I mean. Like, sure, but this is this is also like ten years after the fact too, because no, Bless no, the I Heart know, showed like, up in like twenty nineteen. Yeah, no, like that's what I mean. But like, if she did this, then then yeah, it's totally plausible that Fox just threw a show at her. Okay. Yeah. They can't all be Bob's Burgers, guys. There's a ton. Of, go watch that Family Guy clip of them naming off every canceled show before they rebooted Family Guy. Like, I, I always think of the uh, the double episode of The Simpsons, the Family Guy Simpsons crossover. Yeah. And they're, Homer and Peter are flying the plane, and they've got Bob, and they've got Cleveland, and all this other stuff. And they basically, why are they back there? Yeah, because if we don't carry them, they're just going to die. And Bob's just there, and he randomly shows up and goes, ah, I don't like this very much, guys. I hate... Can I tangent for 20 seconds here? Sure. I hate the amount of shit that Family Guy gives to Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers is a far and away better show than Family Guy. Oh, hell yeah. But, 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 but... I also understand that Family Guy is fine in its own right. And I think my bigger point is... You guys are two successful Fox TV shows. Shut the fuck up and enjoy yourselves. I'm done talking now. Yeah, you're good. Also, I love Cleveland's show. That's my point. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, if we're if we're gonna get into animation domination for just a second, because why the hell not? We haven't dug into anything else yet. Um, uh, Bob's Burgers has got I think eleven seasons in a movie at this point. Yeah, it's never been canceled. Yeah, and you know, I I just I find Lauren Bouchard way funnier than Seth MacFarlane. I appreciate them both equally, but for different reasons. Okay. But you know what? I don't like, uh, what is it, The Great North or whatever. Not a fan of that. But I like American Dad as a Seth MacFarlane spinoff. Okay. Matter of fact, if we're ranking animated properties, it'd be like Simpsons, American Dad, King of the Hill at this point. But Yeah? Yeah. It's pretty solid, but... For animation domination properties, let me be clear. Right. Yeah. Right. But anyway, guys, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about animation some other time, but... For now, we're going to get into the episode. So our cast of characters here, it's pretty small. Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Nancy Gribble, Todd. He's our uh, uh, brother with a torch that no one's going to stop. Brother, what are the torch? Ain't nothing you can do about it. Yep. yep. And then we have Crossword Guy, which uh, the back of, wow, which the credits, I can fucking think, really. The credits uh, call out as Bruce Jenner, now known as Caitlyn Jenner. This was a point of contention for us. Yeah. We saw Bruce Jenner credited in this, and it we spent, what, a good 10, 15 minutes like, looking into this? Trying to figure it out. There's three voices in here that are not regulars. You can tell that they're not regulars. And one of them is very, very clearly Maurice LaMarche. Yeah. We've seen him already um, as... Ramsey's. Ramsey. Ramsey. Ra- Ram- Ramsey Bolton... Ramses was the king of Egypt, yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Ramsey Bolton is in, in uh, Game of Thrones. No, but I mean, I'm just trying to... I get yeah. Ram, Ramses and Ramsey, just my brain is dumb sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But Ramsey, Peggy's um, physical, physical therapist. therapist. Yeah. So it, that one, it's it's almost a spot-on rendition of that exact voice. So it's like, okay, cool. So as far it's as... It's also like the same character mo- model. It's a it big is. buff black guy. Like It is. Yeah. So as far as... As it goes, like we really only have two options, and so we're going to say that Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner, we'll say Caitlyn Jenner, I don't want to dead name people here, um, is Crossword Guy. Crossword Guy, yeah, he's going to get Hank to sign the crossword. Yeah. He was, what, number eight down or something? Yeah, something yeah. like that. So, uh, you ready for synopsis, Mark? Do it up. 
Hank is chosen as the Olympic torchbearer through Ar- uh, through Arlen and comes to terms with his past hubris. Okay. Yeah. It's a interesting story here. It's mostly Hank and Bobby. Um, it's a good Hank and Bobby episode, I think. Very I'm going to say good, that a couple very times. Very good Hank and Bobby, yeah. Yeah. Give me some notes, man. Uh, notes. Number one, this is a very Greek episode. Yes. Like, in terms of the gang, or g- gangs, Jesus Christ. In terms of the Olympic Games being Greek, der. But also, like, I feel like I can speak to this as a Greek man. Um, you're not allowed to show pride. You shouldn't be proud of something you've done. If you are proud of something, it just means it'll be taken away from you. And I understand that to a T. Okay. I almost kind of wish we could get Josh in on this. Yeah. Because I feel like he could, like, give some, like, good, like, moments from, like, plays and shit about, like, hubris and stuff like that. And, like, when your shift comes and, like, uh, Hank's, uh, what is it? What's, what's it called? Uh, the, the peripatia of Hank tripping and falling into the mud. Yeah. And, like, it douses the flame. And that's when he has this moment of, I have porked it, the gods are punishing me. A very, very, like classically Greek episode of King of the Hill. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, how... Okay, so just a side note. Just like if we could write an episode or whatever, Bobby is bad at wrestling. Bobby is bad at track. Bobby is bad at football. Bobby is bad at baseball. baseball. He'd be a killer hockey player. Hank even names it. Okay. He even calls it out how, like, well, you'll be the guy that, like, keeps it... I don't know what the line is, but he mentions it. Bobby would be a killer fucking goalie. He's, like, right there in, like, the five spot. He'd be great. Um, uh, Bobby has a cape. Again. I love it. We don't see it, but it's named. It's named. It's na- it's one of those things that gets talked about. Bobby in the cape, and it, like, triggers Hank, and that's great. What is it? Hank A... Or Hank P. Hill. Hank P. Hill makes a resurgence. He makes a reappearance. This is a very reappearance episode Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they just talk about him, the guy in West Arland. Uh, do you have a trophy story? Do you win trophies in school? Uh, not in school. I do have a trophy store from 4-H. Do it. I, cause I, I like, I brought this, I brought it to school and got in trouble for it because the teachers thought I was gloating. Oh my I, uh, God. I did, we did skits in 4-H. It's how I got into performing arts. Um, it's how I got into the theater area of things. Um, I just, as a kid, I liked acting. I liked being on stage. I did, I had a pretty good stage presence, I guess, from a young age. And so we did skits, and I won like a best supporting actor for our 4-H club. Okay. Um, it was it was for like the the big gamut of clubs and stuff because we were all in Adams County. Okay. So there was about eight or nine clubs. It was a pretty big 4-H program, and I got to win like best supporting actor when I was eight or nine years old, and it was this really cool little uh, like green trophy, and it had a scroll on it and a little, um, you know, uh, what is it? Um, Happy Sad Mask. Comedy Tragedy? Comedy Tragedy. Thank you. Happy Sad Mask. Happy Sad Mask. Said the theater major to the theater major. Yep. Hey, hey I'm, I'm in a totally different field at this point. I get to leave <laughs> that shit behind me. Um, hey, guys, in case you didn't know, I'm in a master's program. Johnny, are you in a master's program? Fuck you, Mark. Is it for cupcakes? Uh, but yeah, so like, I, I, that's about the only real cool big trophy I got. I didn't do competitive sports. Yeah. Um, I didn't do anything where I would have gotten a trophy. The closest thing other than that that I did is I think I got third place in the Pinewood Derby as a Cub Scout. And Aww. I got a cool little medal for it. Aww. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. What about you, man? You got you got any? No. I um, I ran a girls 4x4 four four in high school, and we won. 
Nice. And not only did we win, but I so horrifyingly devastated the poor little girl that ran her leg against me that, like, I beat her by, like, ten and a half seconds. And I'm not a runner. But I had long hair. I was skinny in high school. And really, I was just an ugly girl if you didn't look too close. <laughs> I couldn't really grow facial hair at the time. No, oh, Mark, you're a beautiful girl now. I, I, now I, well, yeah, kind of. You, yeah. I Big wear, flowing locks. I wear fishnets every year for Halloween, yeah. Like, I'll throw that picture up on the Instagram. Listeners, you can see how pretty I am as a lady. But, like, no, nah, I won a girl's 4x4. Four four. I, I participated in a girl's 4x4 four four in high school my team won. Blasted through the competition. Blasted through. Like, and I was the third leg, and, like, I was a... all Okay, so, like, all I hear is I'm sprinting, because I'm like, I have no business being here, but my coach is like, we're short of runner. Jones, suit up. Get Sari shorts. Get get them on. You're going to be fine. Oh, no. So we do it, and, like, this girl standing there, she's like, good luck. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, trying to, like, throw a girl voice. I'm very clearly male. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I might just be a poorly proportioned woman. Okay. So, like, I'm there. They give me the briefing on, like, how to grab the baton and shit. And then, like, as I'm running, I just hear, Run, Marcy! She's right behind you! <laughs> Apparently, I'm Marcy. And I'm, like, fucking booking it. And I look behind me. She's not even close to where I am. Yeah. The fastest I've ever run in my entire life. And then I, like, just, like, smash that shit into my, like, teammate's hand. And my coach is like, All right, good job. Get in the fucking bus and you stay there until we go. Okay, yep. sure, coach, thanks. And then, like, as we're driving back home, they're handing out medals. They're like, all right, shot put, Ryan, all right, discus, right. We had, like, this dude, Ryan, who was the, essentially a Joseph Gribble. Okay. Ran everything. And then he's like, all right, girls. And he's naming off the girls. Caitlin, Sari, Mark. Yep. <laughs> thanks, coach. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I've won, like, one trophy, and it was for a girl's 4x4. Four four. But, hey, man, I ran the uh, 269 seconds. Okay. Which is my... I will never do that ever again. That sounds awful. It was, yeah, it was great. Um, all right, I have a note for you, buddy. No, okay, well, I got another one. Uh, Dale's baking again. Yes, he is. Yeah, I love that. I love that Dale bakes. That's just... I love that. It makes This me is a happy. very meta episode where they, like... Like, Emily Spivey very clearly dug back into King of the Hill. She knows what she's about. And wanted to make sure that there was enough continuity here that we're like, okay, there's some fun little Easter eggs. Yeah. Um, so, Bobby has the line, Dad, one day they're going to make the world's largest fruit pie. Okay. I looked it up. The world's largest fruit pie is 40,000 pound apple pie. Woo! Volunteers slice 32,000 pounds of the region's famous local apples to fill... A 44 by 24 pie tin. Amazing. This is feet. Yes. Uh, the pie, this uh, said pie needed 3,175 pounds of flour, 3,500 pounds of sugar, and 100 pounds of cinnamon. Wow. There is no fucking force on heaven or earth that allows Bobby to eat aforementioned fruit pie. That's true. And finally... I kind of appreciate Hank's fatalism in this. Okay. He was going to be a football star. He got cocky. God punished him. But God didn't kill him with a heart attack. Instead, God knew that he needed to sell propane and propane accessories. Yeah. Hank has a very, like, pre-planned... We don't see Hank be religious. We know that they're Methodist and stuff. But, like, it's just a cool little bit. Yeah. Okay. That's what I got, buddy. 
Uh, well, before we move on to my notes, I just want to say that the current world champion of pie eating mark is a guy named Matt Stoney. <laughs> Stoney. Yep. He currently holds the world record for the most pumpkin pie eaten in the allotted eight minutes after consuming 20 pounds, 13 ounces. What the fuck? 20 pounds, 13, almost 21 pounds of pumpkin pie. All right, just a sec. We're going to do some quick maths here. 20 divided by 8, you said? 8 minutes? Uh, 8 minutes, yep. 2.5 pounds of pie a minute. Yeah. Okay, hang on. We're going to do some further maths here, listeners. This won't matter to you because I'll edit it, but Johnny and I are going to figure this out. A staggering 23,000 calories. Wow. This guy ate almost two weeks worth of calories in one sitting. Listeners, I'm a huge fan of competitive eating, and I think that these sorts of records are incredibly interesting. What? A Sam's Club pie is a 24-ounce pie, yeah? Um, the big ones you get at a Costco or Sam's? Possibly. 24? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a pound and a half. So he ate four of those motherfuckers in eight minutes? Yeah. With or without Cool Whip, you reckon? No, if that's only a pound and a half, then he ate ten of them. Well, no, because he ate... Ten to fifteen of them. He ate twenty pounds. pounds. Yeah, I'm bad at math. Theater major, go. Um, he ate yeah. over ten of them. Fuck me, that's gross. In eight minutes. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, so my notes here, uh, Mark. I noticed something. Oh yeah. This is, I think, uh, the first time we've seen everybody, including Bobby, all sitting and watching TV in the den. They are not watching in Hank's living room. They are watching the newscast at the very beginning in the den. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. Yeah. And I just thought it was kind of interesting to see, because we haven't seen the den really since Luann. Yeah, that's true. Also, Johnny, note, Brittany Murphy is credited, but once again, Luann is not in this episode. Yeah, much to Mark's chagrin here. Where's my fucking manger baby? We haven't seen Luann, I think, all season, and yet she is she is credited for most of these episodes in season six. We'll have to do some digging, listeners, and let you know why. Um, real quick. 2002. Yeah. Probably working on she something. She was in that movie with Ashton Kutcher, my boss's daughter. Yeah, um, uh, something like I that. I think that dropped in 03, so she would have been shooting that right now. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. we can look up the timeline yeah, there. Yeah, we'll look it up later. Yeah, uh, Mark, do you have a preference between summer and winter Olympics? When you like to watch more? I don't watch either, but gun to my head, I prefer winter. Me too, and I think it's because we live in Colorado. Okay, so we get to see a lot of Colorado pride. We have a lot of people in winter sports that are from Colorado because of that. Can I be the softest I've ever been? Yeah. I love figure skating. Yeah. I think it's absolutely fascinating. I am amazed the shit these humans can do. Like, as a general rule, yeah, Olympics are amazing. But, like, yeah. okay, running, big who cares. Um, Throwing something, a big who cares. But fucking figure skaters, my God, they put their ankles in it. And, and, I am taking a page out of Hank's book. I think bobsled is the coolest sport ever made. Yep. I wish, like, hell, I could be in a bobsled team. Like, yeah. Right? Or luge. Luge I, is also awesome. Even if we have to sit super close, I don't care. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, last note I have here, Athens to Dallas, Texas. Athens, Greece to Dallas, Texas is 6,226 miles, not three. Wow. So, Hank's uh, just a little bit off. By double, yeah. Just a little bit off. He's about 50% off there, bud. Yeah. Give me, uh, give me pros, bud. Pros? I only have two. I like, okay, it's not only, oh wait, I got more notes. Holy shit. I had a whole second section of notes, Johnny. Yeah. Wow. Um, Peggy is reading Congo. 
Yes, yeah, you pointed that out when we were watching here. Yeah. It's a callback to Tammy. Yeah, to uh, Ho Yeah. And then, okay, Hank has a lighter. Yeah. So. Is it his infamous HRH? No, it's a blue Bic. Okay. It's very clearly a blue Bic. But now, why does Hank have a lighter? Is it because he works in propane? Okay, cool, fine. But why does he have it in his Olympic track suit? I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. It's just a note. Anyway, pros. Uh, Nancy was in a porno. <laughs> I like that that's a pro for you. I I want to know what it was. I don't care. It's an art film, Mark. Yeah, it's porn. Whatever. It's, it's, it's what is it, hangry art or whatever. Calm down, Shug. You don't get to net yet, Shug. Wow. Um, and then also, just as a general, this is a great Bobby Hank episode. It is. I didn't take a lot of notes because I just kind of watched. Yeah? Yeah. How about you, man? Um, well, I only have two as well, and you just named one. It's a good Bobby Hank episode. Oh, I thought it was Nancy's porno. No. Um, Peggy's parents... That means there's two people on fucking Rainy Street that have appeared in porno. Peggy and Nancy. Uh, Peggy's not in porno. She's just on a fetish site. Peggy's porno piggies? Come on, buddy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eh, that's, it's a you fetish site. That's not fl- porn. Six to fucking one, Hoss. <laughs> if art is... If an art movie is porno, then fetish movies are porno, too. Um... All right, we're going to move on because I do not want to imagine uh, Peggy's piggies in porn. I want to imagine a Peggy ex Nancy. Um, Peggy, her parenting at the beginning of this episode where she's she is really reaching out to Bobby saying like, I really wish that I could give you a trophy for, for being this kid. Yeah. For being the best kid in the world because you clean up your room and you do this and that. It's very heartfelt and it makes me miss my mom. Oh, buddy. So... I'm, I'm walking away from this one missing my mom. I love you, Mom. Listeners, go call your moms and tell them you love them. Hey, Mom, if you're listening, I know you're not, but I love you. Mark, give me some cons. Cons, I've got but one. Uh, Spiro Thanatopoulos, number one. City of Death, Thanatopoulos. Thanatos being the personification of death. Right. Opolis being city therein. So Spiro Thanatopoulos is City of Death. Uh, he saved goats. That's fucking racist. <laughs> Fuck you guys. There's more to my fucking people than fucking, like, marble and boats and stealing shit. Fuck you guys. What do you got? Well, I do know that uh, multiple Spiros are known as Spiri, but... (laughs) Uh, So, cons. Why didn't Peggy just buy Bobby a trophy? Who buys trophies? Peggy is the kind of mom that loves her kid enough to buy him one. Like, I get that it's convenient that she had Hanks, but she also knows Hank and knows that the second he saw it, he would have freaked out. But at the same time, it's a silver place, so, like, I I don't know. I'm with you. Yeah. I don't disagree, but I don't agree. I don't know. We have a gross Bill moment in here. Okay. Eating salsa with his bare fucking hands. Oh, with that Like, party. just sticking his hands into the bowl of salsa for yeah. everybody and then licking them. And they're saying, ah, there's salsa in my cuts. God why damn it, it Why does he have cuts? What's with the cuts? Is that a thing that I missed? Is that a gag I didn't see? No, I think it's because he's a barber, and he works with fucking scissors, so he's got cuts on his hand. So he's so incompetent, he's just, like, stabbing himself? I mean, he's competent but incompetent. I could see it, right? He's it's Bill. Bill. He's Bill. He's Bill. Um, and my last one is kind of a big one here, and it's just a, it's a timeline flub. Okay. Mark, what dance is uh, Hank doing in the end zone that Bobby makes a specific comment to? Walk like an Egyptian by the bangles. Yep. Do you want to know when that song was released? When? 
1986. According to Dale, they went to state in 1979. Can I compound your timeline, Ray? Sure. Uh, Dale says he's been smoking for 30 years. Dale's 42. That means he started smoking at 12. I could see that. Fuck. That's depressing. It's very depressing. God damn. Uh, that's what I got for cons, man. Give me a favorite moment. Favorite moment. I've got two. Um, I love Peggy and the guys talking shit about Durndle. Yeah. And there's a dude in a wheelchair. Yep. I love that. Uh, Hank's heel kick. He's running down the fucking Manor Berry Avenue, and he yep. does a fucking heel kick. Yep. That's cute as shit. He claps shit. his heels together. I love that. I yep. love that so fucking much. How about you, buddy? Um, Both of them are Dale lines. You secreting, me absorbing. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it, it makes me feel, man. That's why it makes it into favorite good moments. Good enough, good enough. That's and Dale's screaming, my oral fixation. Always, always gets a chuckle out of me. I know I bitch a lot about Dale saving episodes. This is not that case. It's not. This is well-used Dale saving an episode. Yeah, this is this is him just like, I'm going to surgically insert myself here for a couple of, like, quips, and there's enough of them that this doesn't seem odd. In my Grand Unified, grand unified Timeline, like, this episode airs, like, maybe... A week or two after, um, um, oh, what's the one at the airport, Johnny? Not Happy Hanks, yeah. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, sorry, I was thinking it's been choice. Yeah, but, so Dale going, my only, the only thing that kept me alive was the urge to smoke again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I don't like that, I don't like that every Dale episode is about smoking, but we just saw, like, unfortunate, or misfortune, no, Soldier of Misfortune. Yep. That one's not smoking in Dale, so whatever. Neither's the Exterminator. Yeah. But he can't smoke inside, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd say we uh, we get to it, buddy. Let's uh, tell him about our rating system. You want to do it, buddy? I absolutely do. Good, because I don't have a cute one. <laughs> I don't either, but I never do. So our rating system... Yeah, on occasion. You try to. Our rating system is as followed. At the very bottom, we have charcoal. This is kind of like your, your Winter Olympics event of... Oh, this is beach volleyball. It shouldn't be a sport, but sure. you're gonna watch it. Let's sure. do this Olympic sports. We'll do it that way. Yeah, we'll do Olympic sports. So beach volleyball. Um, it's well, no, that's fucking blue flame of valor because I can enjoy beach volleyball with no context. Yeah, it's true. They're all bouncing around. Well, then what is a good charcoal steeplechase? No one gives a fuck. Five hundred meters of hurdles in water. Fuck you. I don't even know what a steeplechase is. So I don't think it's an Olympic event. Fuck you. Yeah. Or javelin throw. So we'll say steeplechase. It's it's a garbage episode. It gets stood under your boy's fingers. You're going to watch it maybe one time, and after that, you're not going to want to watch it again. After that, we've got our Megalo rating, and, in, and as far as Olympic sports go, this is probably like water polo. You've heard of it. You probably know how the rules are, but you're not going to sit down and watch it. A, yeah. a Megalo rating is, is a, a decent episode, but you may watch it one time and then just skip it for the rest of your, your reviewings of King of the Hill. After that, you've got a butane rating. It's a bastard of an episode because it's a bastard gas. You love to hate it and you hate to love it. Mark, what's a good sport for butane? Uh, I'd say um, not pole vault. What's the one? Um, the thing. Pommel horse. The pommel horse. Okay. It's dumb as shit. You watch the evolution of Pummel Horse and it's stupid and boring, but at the same time you're re- like, what was it? I, there's the one. It's like the guy like in 1920, he just like cleared it in one bound, and yep. that was like the gold medal performance. Yep. Then cut to 2020, whatever the last time he had Olympics, 
and like the dude does like a f- like fucking like triple fucking flip or whatever. Right? Yeah. And it's like yeah, it's captivating. Yeah, it's enjoyable, but a big who fucking cares? Sure. Yeah. Well, after a butane, you get a Char King. A Char King is a fantastic episode of King of the Hill. It's uh, some of the best ones. It's got all your favorite characters. It's usually really fun storylines. If I had to equate it to a personal Olympic sport, something that I always enjoy watching is it, it. it's now recently an Olympic sport as of this last Summer Olympics, and it's skateboarding. I usually watch it on X Games. But I oh. love watching freestyle skateboarding and half-pipe skateboarding. So... Uh, to me, that's I will watch that every single day. The phenomenalness of the athletes that are doing that, wonderful. Okay. All right. Well, and after that, we only got one better, man. What's that? It's the Blue Flame of Valor. What sport are you giving to Blue Flame of Valor? Mm, our Blue Flame of Valor sport for me, it's baseball. That's not an Olympic sport. Yes, it is. No, it's and not. I absolutely love it. No, it's, it's a personal it's, favorite. No, and I is that really it. an Olympic? Is yeah. baseball? Oh. Tell you what, nope, I, I will I will retract that. We're going to go all the way old school because listeners here know that I love it. They know that you love it. I want straight up stark nude Olympic Greco-Roman wrestling. That's my good son. I was going to say it's a wrestling. Hell yeah. We Fucking can do wrestling. Greco-Roman wrestling. A Blue Flame of Valor is an absolute perfect episode of not just King of the Hill. It's a perfect episode of TV. You can watch it with absolutely zero context of the rest of the show and you can show it to somebody else and you're both going to absolutely love it. This is this is naked Greco-Roman wrestling for your eyeballs. Throw some olive oil, olive oil on them. Sit back, grab a beer, enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. Pretend that you are back in in uh, BCE, and it'll be fantastic. Mark, on a scale of charcoal to blue flame, what do you give Torch Song Hillogy? I'm giving it a butane. It's a fine episode. Real middle of the road, but goddamn, I'm glad to see a good Hank X Bobby. Yeah. It's nice to see that. Um, in terms of believability. We talk a lot about believability of episode premise. Sure. And goddamn, this one is so stupid that it makes perfect sense. So you can say premise, but I can't say spiri. Yeah, I'm Greek. You can't bastardize my language. Well, you should say premises. No. <laughs> oh. Okay, so butane? <laughs> butane. How about you, buddy? I also gave it a butane. That gives it's us, a two-tane. Gives us a two-tane, buddy. Let's fight that um, harder. Do one more. There. There we go. There That's a spiker. That was four fucking high fives, listeners. You won't hear them, but there um, it was. It's, uh, it's fine. It's a fine episode. It is it is believable for what it is. Um, it's a good Bobby and Hank episode. It was uh, it was nice. It was nice to to get a good Hank episode after the last two have been very Bobby, Bobby heavy. Yeah. Last week's were both very Bobby heavy. Yeah. But you know what, man, too? Like, I'm real glad to see... I don't know. It's nice to see a good Hank and Bobby... Yeah. It's been a minute. It, yeah, I I don't hate this one. Like, I didn't care about this one. I feel like I only remember that, like, big black dude getting all jazzed up. Right. And then I watched this week, and I'm like, oh, this is a fun, this is fun. It's nice to get to see some more of the mythos that surrounds Hank and the, like, trip to state that he took. But you know what? It's different, too. Because I don't care. This isn't a high school sports episode. No. This is a, like... No, we were going to win and your dad let us down, but we still love your dad for letting us mm-hmm. down. Yeah, it's 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 different. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Mark, I say we move on to the next one. Let's do it. Listeners, we'll check back in with you in about, oh, what, 22 minutes? Also, side note, do you notice these are getting shorter? A little bit. 
Like, I feel like a lot of these are cutting a lot sooner. I don't know if I like it or hate it, but... I'm okay with it because, I, really, when it boils down to it, a lot of these I'm not looking forward to watching, so them being shorter is kind of a blessing in disguise. Good enough. And we're back. We are back. Uh, Mark, we're going to continue on this episode with episode 112, Joust Like a Woman. Original air date, February 24th, 2002. Written by our good buddy Garland Testa. Love Garland. We love Garland all the damn time. Yes. Um, I know that Joust Like a Woman, it's got to be like a play on words, just like a woman, but I, I don't know... I don't know if it's like I always like thought it really was like a commenting. walk like a man spin. Okay. I don't know. Okay. No, I guess I guess I could kind of see that. It's very this episode's very female empowering, or at least that's what it's supposed to be doing. Oh, hold on a second. Someone's yeah. fucking flying a goddamn helicopter here in Germany. What's what's helicopter in German? Um, I know Flugzug is plane. So fuck. Let me. I've got to look it up now. Helicopter in German. Uh, Hubschrauber. Hubschrauber. Oh, that's I love sucks. German. Such a terrible language. <laughs> Hubschrauber. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I, I no, that makes sense. It's that we've got a lot of feminist undertones in this episode. Uh, a very good male-dominated villain. Um, our Cast of characters for this episode, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Buck Strickland, King, Philip, Becky, uh, Random Serving Wench, and Oxcart Driver. Yeah, I think, yeah. And unfortunately, we did not get a credit or a voice line out of that fat Merlin, man. <laughs> that fat Merlin is Bobby in the future. <laughs> yes. Hey, there is he's a gonna drink the Caninus Spiritus. <laughs> God damn it! You got me. You it's got him me. and his buddy Ward, <laughs> who's gonna live with his mom after she's dead. Ward, get your Dungeons and Dragons crap out of here! I'm so excited for that one. I am too. It's been a long time since I sat down and watched Witches of East Ireland, and I'm yeah. very, very excited about it. Anyway, focus up. Just like a woman. Mm. We're not witches. Yes. We're, we're wizards. I don't know. We're knights of the round. We are knights and kings and serving wenches, the, technically the highest type of wench. Um, <laughs> the rug wench. The rug wench, yes. Uh, our A-story characters here, Hank, Peggy, and King Philip, our guest star. Mark, who is the voice of King Philip? Alan, goddamn Rickman. I fucking love him, man. It's it's in here in my very first note, man. Alan fucking Rickman. Guy, <laughs> this guy has got such a weird-ass range. So this is 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, either he has already starred in or knows that he is starring in Harry Potter. He has just come off of doing, I want to say 1999 was Dogma. Yeah. So he's already done like the, hey, let's do something weird as shit with Kevin Smith movie. Um, Most, most, almost everybody knows him from his earliest point in his career, which is Die Hard as Hans Gruber. Like Mm -hmm. this guy fucking, he 
he's the tits, man. He fucks. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I love Alan Rickman. He's great. Like, oh, And he's such a ba- good bad guy in this episode. He really is. He's such a like piece of shit about it. and he, he does really well. Also, as long as we're horned up for voice actors, do you know who Becky is? No. Uh, Laura Dern. Mm. Yeah. How did I miss that one? I don't know, but I, I think it's funny. We're all horned up for Alan Rickman, and we're like, yeah, this is a feminist episode. Yeah, fuck the female voice actors. Eh, I mean, it's Laura Dern. We can't bring her up without somebody shitting all over episode eight of Star Wars. Uh, but, you know, no big deal. Wait, what happened now? Well, because she's the, the main pink-haired feminist in episode eight of Star Wars. If we bring up Laura Dern, people are just going to oh, get shitty about oh, it. Oh, 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 I was like... We're not allowed to, like... <laughs> No, we're not allowed to like uh, uh, strong female characters anymore, Mark. Okay, we are not going on this fucking soapbox. Dude, she was the best part of that fucking movie. I hated that movie, and I loved everything that Laura Dern was doing. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Dr. Ellie Sattler, please get your pink hair over here and blow through my capital ship. I don't know. That was gross. <laughs> it was the grossest, <laughs> non-gross thing I've ever said. Tell me I'm a bad rebel pilot again. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do with that BB-8 unit, Laura Dern? <laughs> Come dig through my poop. <laughs> anyway, feminism. Uh, what a segue, um, Mark. Would you like my synopsis? Yes, please. When the Renaissance Fair comes to Arlen, Hank secures a high-profile propane account. Peggy's actions risk Hank's professional career. Yeah, okay, I like it. Once again, we have Hank having to, like, do do work, and he's got a big account. Um, I like that this one has a little bit more stakes than Company Man did, and, like, he just walked yeah. away from Company Man. But at least now, spoilers, um, the Renaissance Fair is going to get shut down, so... They lost the account, but also Thazadin lost it too, so it's going to be okay. I like that a little bit better. Oh, for sure. Well, and to be honest, I think that from the ex- excess that they are talking about using this giant flaming badass dragon, I'm pretty sure it would like they would have used up the entire year's worth of Holloway Hollow's propane in the like two <laughs> weeks that the fair was there. <laughs> I can see so Thazadin, it's like, like shit. diverting that gas from Holloway <laughs> just to do that. God, right. That'd be great. Well, let's get into some notes, man. What do you got notes for me? Oh, notes. Before we get into notes, you have a Renaissance Fair story? Is that a thing you're into? I mean, I've done a Renaissance Fair before. I I used to be really into that sort of stuff. Like when I was younger, uh, I want to say maybe 16, 17 the last time I went, um, I ran with a group of people. They got me introduced to, to D&D and all sorts of really super nerdy shit. Um I mean, you and I have been very fortunate. We grew up in the day and age where we got to watch The Lord of the Rings as like a 10, 11, 12-year-old and go, this is badass. I want to run around with uh, swords and shields and just stab the shit out of everything with a giant fucking sword. So, of course, like the Renaissance Fair was the best possible place for me as a kid. Um, But, like, I, I don't have a lot of stories from the Renaissance Fair. Usually they were hot. Um, I have one really kind of crazy one. The last time I went, I had a fever of like 103. Oh, God. And so it's like I don't remember a lot of it um, because I had stayed with my girlfriend 
and my best friend who his, his my girlfriend was his younger sister um i'd stayed with them the night before and i i could tell that she was sick and i was getting sick and we both went no we're, we're gonna go in regardless and we woke up super early and just like pounded a bunch of uh cough medicine and took like 20 ibuprofen and called it good <laughs> and like halfway through the day it all it just like burned off i swear you could like there's a, a weird shellac coating of ibuprofen coming through my pores <laughs> and it just like i'm just like oh god this is terrible awful i can't even enjoy my giant turkey leg like what the hell you did it in the most historically accurate way possible tripping basically balls and, like sicker yeah shit. i felt you like... might as well have had got poisoning uh-huh i felt like i had the plague man it, it, that or i was just wandering around the damn place like the village idiot kind of sad i didn't dress up <laughs> He didn't wear a Star Trek shirt and demand it was a period costume. I I did not. I should have though. Honestly, I was a big fan of King of the Hill then as I am now. So fuck, dude. I would have thought it was funny. Um, but yeah, like the Renaissance Fair. At least we have one every year in Colorado, which is kind of badass. Yeah, up in Larkspur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's one of the bigger ones in the country because it happens every year. But you only get it like it's only on the weekend days. I want to say Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, shit, I missed it this year. Because, yeah, Labor Day. Damn it. Yeah. Nah. That's all right, oh, though. Do well. you, you got any good uh, any good stories? I'm sure you've been to one or two. Um, Yeah, Um, Amanda and I go a lot. Or we've gone. We've gone several times. Um, I've got a costume. She has one. And the highest praise I ever received was Doc Newman was at one for a student's wedding. And huh. um, we saw him in a crowd. And he walked up to us and he's like, do you guys work here? No. Oh shit! You look really good. I thought you worked here. It's like, oh, thank you, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, but now I got a costume. I've got some armor. You know me. I'm a goddamn nerd to start with, and like any excuse to buy it and wear it. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> like listeners, yeah. uh, you guys don't know this, but there have definitely been more than one one occasion where I've had to stop Mark from swinging actual swords at things. So yeah, he kind of likes this stuff. I almost got arrested in the park with Shane because we were sword fighting, but it was practice swords, and, like, the cops could not figure out if we were doing anything wrong. <laughs> well, it helps that both of you are white, but that's a whole nother uh, can of worms. I don't know. I want to see, like, the Black Knight do it. I don't know. And I mean, like, you know, black armor, not... Because only yes. white people can be in fantasy, Johnny. Come on, that's why Rings of Power sucks. Ugh. Mm, okay, anyway, notes. Um, I like that the Alamo guy was cool about it. Come on, man. The Alamo guy was cool. <laughs> um, um, I want to know the he... follow-up. What's up? Oh, I was going to say, when the Alamo guy delivers, what is he delivering? Mead or grog? Obviously, it's the grog, right? <laughs> I mean, Alamo, what? We figured out Alamo's probably just PBR. So I would say that's closer to Grog because Grog is watered down rum. Yes. <laughs> um, I like Dale trying to scam the ticket lady. I think that's hilarious. Totally on, totally on point for Dale. But then he like role plays throughout as like the prime directive has been breached. That's great. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I need to see Peggy being a wondering minstrel. <laughs> Did you catch that line of I can play guitar on the Stairmaster? Yes. I, I want to see Peggy I, playing guitar on the Stairmaster. 
I really do too because I want to see Peggy just like pointing out historical inaccuracies with shit around her while she's doing it just to be like that party pooper for the entire fair. But she's playing a guitar. Like the, she's playing yes. Betsy the 1960s hardtop like. <laughs> <laughs> um Hank and his work stockings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, Luann is here. We get actual speaking lines out of Luann. Yes. It's, it's like not very much, but... limited, but like I said, this is this is really our kind of our golden age of Brittany Murphy working in Hollywood and not having to do stuff for voice acting. Mm-hmm. So we're we're missing her, but she'll make a, a roaring return before too long. It's okay because in light of one platter lady, I get a second platter uh, in Peggy's platter, and god damn are Peggy's whatnots on display. And yeah, yes, they I wrote are. Peggy's whatnots as a note. Um, whatnots. <laughs> her whatnots. Um, do you remember that Family Guy episode, Saturday Night? Where Peter Possibly. goes and joins the Renaissance Fair? Will Ferrell's uh, the Black Knight. I don't think so, actually. It's like season one or two. Um, Peter gets fired from the, or so it's after the uh, toy company closes, before he okay. works at the brewery. Um, and Lois is like, "Well, he always wanted to be a knight. Why don't you go do that?" So he becomes a knight, and it's <gasps> yes, great. yes, I do. Yeah. I do remember that. I was gonna say, which is a better Renaissance Fair episode, this one or that one? Uh, I'm gonna say this one because I'm not a huge fan of Family Guy, so I would Good much enough. rather watch these guys just like. I, I don't know. I think I think the the fight in the end is just as ridiculous as the Black Knight constantly showing up in Family Guy. Um, but I don't know. It just feels more realistic. I like that they gave Hank actual stakes, like you said, of, hey, this is a big propane account. And it's something that you can tie into the rest of the King of the Hill-like lore. You don't have to mm-hmm. just go, oh, well, it's this is the episode where they want to go to the renaissance fair for the week no like they actually tied it in pretty solid yeah i i think so yeah yeah um um i like the animation bit of the guys lined up drinking out of their giant tankards i thought that was cute <laughs> yeah anytime they can screw with that classic bit that that classic front shot of those guys i love it yeah, I'm kind of a sucker for that. And um, we have a proto-Tartuffe out of Bobby, and I think that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? No strings, tassels, or bells on the boy? Yeah. <laughs> At least you get to wear tights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, How about you, buddy? What you got for me? Um... Not too much. Uh, let's see here. I already, I already called it out. Alan fucking Rickman, man. He's such oh, a yeah. good bad guy. He's such a good king, King Philip. I, I love Peggy constantly going up to him. Hey, Phil. Hey, Phil. <laughs> um, Philip. King Philip. Yes. What do you need? <laughs> like, okay. Good. Very good. Uh, I feel like this is the first time we've heard of heard Fatherton's name in about a season. Yeah, I like think it so. It feels like we haven't heard from him in, in a while. Uh, he used to be the, like, Strickland boogeyman, and he just kind of dipped off the radar for a little bit. He'll be back. Like, we haven't even done... Like, there's a couple of good episodes with him that we haven't done yet, like where the one where Hank gets traded to him. 
Oh yeah, there's that one. Um, there's that price gouging, or you know, the one where they do the price fixing thing and. Yeah, so he'll be back, yeah. but it just like I said, he's he was such a boogeyman in the first couple seasons. It, yeah, it's nice yeah, to hear yeah. him again. Well, um, I'm glad that they're keeping a through line, you know. Exactly. Well, because I mean, you, you they've introduced a lot of other players into the game now, and you don't necessarily need him to be the boogeyman for all of them. You've got your Lane Prattleys, that horse's ass. You've got your Ray Roy's, <laughs> and and well, they haven't introduced Ray Roy yet, but like. Like, you know, they, they have all these different things. Um, you got Councilman Fred Ebert constantly throwing monkey wrenches in your way. <laughs> Butter my corn, Fred Ebert. <laughs> Butter my corn, exactly. Um, but yeah, so it's we get a, a nice little mention of Thatherton. Um, I have never seen a Renaissance Fair. Like I said, I've been to a few. I've never seen one that has a working stocks that you could put your employees into, let alone throw shit at them. <laughs> and I think that's kind of screwed up. I think it's a great idea. I think we ought to do that anyway. Like, bring back the stocks, man. Public humiliation. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> hey, man, you're dropping the N-bomb at Chili's. You're in the stocks for an hour. You get a DWI and didn't hit anybody, stocks for two hours. Like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but you see, everybody in our country's got a gun, Mark, and you know the stocks is just going to end up being fish in a barrel at one point. Yeah, and then you shoot a guy and you get put into a gibbet. It's going to be fine. We're, we're bringing back <laughs> medieval punishment. <laughs> oh, How do you man. stop gun violence? By bringing back the gibbet. Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> you do the Barbarossa and catapult that bitch into a wall. It's, well, go get an Iron Maiden, man. Hell yeah. Listeners, go listen to Two Wizards, Horrible Ways to Die in the Ancient World. We talk about Iron Maidens in excess. Anyway, oh, next. The, <laughs> before we, we dodge off that subject here, I just want to say, I think I would much rather see somebody like that you wanted to go through a bunch of pain uh, get slowly put, like, put into a, a, an Iron Maiden, like a very, very slow closing of that door instead of like a mm-hmm. firing squad. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, there was an Italian one, and it was literally a dude took a giant hammer and hit you in the head with it. And, like, he just swung it around his head and just, like, bashed you in the head, and that was it. Like, Wow. <laughs> and it's like, leave it to the fucking Italians to be terrible, but... <laughs> um, so let's get into some pros and cons then, man. Pros and cons. Yeah, go for it, man. Uh, so Hank's uncomfortableness of this entire episode is a pro for me because he yeah. it's it's very on character for him. He should not be comfortable in a medieval setting. I like that he starts to warm up to it and he's kind of enjoying it because he knows like, well, this is for work. And the more I engage in this, the more I can actively say, nope, I'm not doing it to be silly. I'm doing it for work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. honestly, like he really he, he plays like the king suck up. He's he's very sycophantic to King Philip the entire time, even so. Yeah, because so King Philip Peggy's is just a cut and paste of uh, Buck, like literally. He is. Oh yeah, so it's a, yeah, it's a very yeah. easy transition for him. But I I think it's very it's a very on character progression for him because eventually the the sheen's gonna wear off and he's gonna go. Wait a minute, I don't give a shit about this. Why am I letting you do this to my wife? Back off. Yeah. Which is what he does. Um, this is a good example of feminist Peggy, I think. 
Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think she oversteps. I think they, the message is very clear. It's not convoluted. They, she makes a lot of very valid points that, hey, by the way, guys that are listening to this, they're not just valid for women. They're valid for everybody. So when you have issues and, and take issue with your fucking workplaces, look up your laws that protect you. They're fucking there for a reason. Um, you are allowed to poop at work. Amazon. Yes. Yes. And it's like, uh, you're allowed to organize and unionize, and you can't be punished for it. Because that's illegal. Unless you work at City Market in Alamosa, and the store manager fires you. Yeah. That's his problem. I um, mean, he, he retired, so he got away with it. Whatever. It's all good. But, hey, who cares? And then the last pro, you already mentioned it, the guy's drinking from the tankards. Anytime they can mess with that that tableau that, that's yeah. become so synonymous with the four guys in front of the... the um, fence it's it's a plus for me um anytime you can do it in a like a an actual capacity i don't want to see a million like fan arts of all you guys and your families and your dogs and cats and i don't know whatever the hell else you you have in your house that you want to show off fucking roomba or something i don't give a shit if you have a a custom (laughs) custom portrait of you in front of front of the hills fence i don't give a shit but like when they do it, it's funny. When you do it, it's kind of hacky. Our Stay point tuned is, next our week. King of the Hill get better. <laughs> you pretty much. Stay tuned next week. I'm gonna pay for a fucking commission and get Mark and I in front of the fence. Uh, Mark, <laughs> give me some of your pros, buddy. Pro, you and me in front of the fucking fence. Um, <laughs> you kind of already hit it. I like how much Hank gets into it, but mostly with "I tell ye what." <laughs> yes. Um, from now on, or not from now on, but in, for the next week or two, I'm going to be real insufferable at work and just say, how now, to everybody. How now, <laughs> gas man. <laughs> how now? <laughs> how now, insurance people? <laughs> we wage war on the insurance on the morrow. <laughs> um, pro, and this is really, you're probably the only one that would know this. I look amazing in tights. That's just for me. And my final pro, and we beat this to death. Oh my god, Alan fucking Rickman. I love him. He's so good in this. He's so good. Yeah. Guys, he truly is a treasure. If you ever get that moment where you want to see him not doing Professor Snape, go watch this episode. Because it reminds you of Because you can't find dogma anywhere. Like. Yeah, well, that's because Harvey Weinstein's a giant piece of shit, and he's the only one that would ever profit from a sale of dogma. Yeah. Fucker. But no, you're yes. to your point. I'm sorry I cut you off, but yeah, like No, yeah. This is a great Alan this is a great snippet of Alan Rickman. Um if you're like me and I know I am, you can't stand Bruce Willis, so you don't watch Die Hard, but Yeah. yeah. Well plus yeah. that's I mean, that's not fun Alan I mean it's fun Alan Rickman, but it's not funny Alan Rickman. This this shows his range. This and Galaxy Quest are two of my favorite things he's ever fucking done. Oh man, Galaxy Quest. Guys, go watch Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right? If you want to talk about the fucking Prime Directive. Um, I'm going to jump into cons because I only have one. And you, okay. you already said it. Peggy's what is cleavage it? is distracting. Oh my god. Peggy's whatnots definitely take me out of it. Every time I see this episode, it's like three minutes of all I, all I can think about. For being a feminist episode, it really... Shouts, hey, respect me as a woman. <laughs> yes. Give me, a, give me a con from you, buddy. You gotta have one. 
I got a couple. Um, number one, Strickland's motto is not, if you have a problem, you tell us about it, and we'll get to it when we can. It's taste the meat, not the heat. God damn it, Hank, you're better than that. Um, meat, con, Peggy's whatnots. Yes. <laughs> um, but then I guess, like, backdooring a pro here, uh, Becky going, my implants were not intended for this. When she takes, yes. when she, they're eating lunch, she, like, undoes her, um, oh my god, what's that called? Bustier. Uh, yeah, but no, what's it called when it's a thing? Corset, corset. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, con, sexual harassment, just in general, it's not okay. Um, and finally con, and yeah, whatever, like, uh, this is me being really nitpicky about it. Um, neither Philip or Hank have, like, face protection when they're jousting, and holy shit, like... How, yeah, how dangerous is that? <laughs> We've all seen uh, Game of Thrones when the dude gets the uh, lance through the eye. Like, Yes. <laughs> We've all seen A Knight's Tale when Heath Ledger takes it in the face and like the helmet dents inward. And it's like, that's why you have that shit. Because like, it's a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I think we're the favorite moments. I think we are. Because uh, I don't have any um, retro rage written down for this. I'm sure there is some, but it really, I just had a, a great, great old time watching this episode. Uh, my, I only have one favorite moment in here, and it's Hank going, "Oh, these are my work stockings. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> my third pair today." <laughs> yeah, and, and then of course Bobby's retort of, "At least you get to wear the tights." <laughs> <laughs> How about you, buddy? Um, Alan Rickman breaking down out of King Philip into like Texan. Yes. That whole when they serve him with the uh, lawsuit and oh dang, I'm gonna lose my fare. That's great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I guess we're already here. We don't have a lot to say about this. I like this episode. I feel like we're kind of doing it dirty, but I don't have a lot to say. I just kind of sat here and watched it. Right. I don't. I don't know. I, I got There's nothing, a, guys. No, go I mean, watch this and yeah. let us know. Like nothing happens. Like it's it, it's a very sitcommy episode. Like everything's fine at the end of the day, but yeah. Oh yeah. Are, okay, so like I guess like I guess we can do this though. Um, do you think we're moving into like more Peggy centric episodes? Because like yeah, Hank is the like framing device, but like. So we got this one, and then, like, what, in two weeks we're going to have um, Substitute Spanish Prisoner where she gets conned by um, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to have that one where she's a nun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, honestly, I mean, maybe they've, they've just gotten to a good rut of, hey, I'm enjoying writing for Peggy right now. Um she adds a lot of flavor to this show, and I feel like they're they're really just kind of diving in head first. It's a nice to get a, a breather. We've had a lot of Bobby episodes lately, and none of them have been really good. No, and maybe it was just like a, we need to work off this funk. Let's let's find something else to do. Let's work with a different character for a while. I, I feel like we're gonna get that from time to time here, and we've got a couple of of good ep- episodes coming up that. You and I are going to record. I'm excited for uh, fun with Jane and Jane because that'll yeah. be a pretty triumphant return for uh, Luann, but it's also a very good Peggy episode. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. Now that I'm kind of thinking about it, like we just had Lupe's Revenge. Like that's a very Peggy yeah. heavy episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So who knows? Maybe yeah, they just like <laughs> maybe the writer sat down in a room and said, "Okay, we have twenty some odd episodes to write for a season. We get eight Bobby episodes, eight Peggy episodes, and." who knows six seven eight hank episodes or whatever let's just kind of break it down and figure out what works and we're just we're just into the like batch of this season of good peggy episodes you know what i'll take it i'll take it either way like i'm into it i like i like seeing good peggy this isn't dumb head injury peggy this is like this is upper own ass peggy to be sure like with the you've kept your historical accuracies to a minimum because i taught a chapter out of a sixth grade textbook like okay okay sure peggy but like that's Peggy. We know that's Peggy. This is the Peggy uh-huh. we're used to. And like, but you know, too, like Alan Rickman calls her out. I'm going to keep calling him Alan Rickman. I'm not going to call him King Philip. I'm sorry. But like Alan yeah, Rickman keeps good. calling her out. Like, you know, your wench is impudent. It's like, yeah, he's saying what we're all thinking. We've been thinking it for seasons now, but it's okay. <laughs> like Peggy is the most impudent of wenches. <laughs> I tell ye what. You wanna you wanna rate this bad boy, Johnny? Uh, I say we do, man. Let's see here. On a scale of charcoal to blue flame of valor, I gave Joust like a woman to Char King. It's okay. fun. Like this episode is very fun. It's very rewatchable. I don't think I think you need some context for the like. Like if somebody new was to come into this, it can't be a blue flame because if somebody new is to come into this, you don't learn anything about Arlen. You have to have pretty well established like why propane is such a big deal to hank who peggy is and why it's such an important thing that she has to do and all that sort of stuff not to mention you barely get bobby in this episode so it it can't it's not a blue flame for me but with some context it's very much a char king because i think you can walk in into this and go oh this is kind of hilarious you get the weird like offbeat arrival of dale in his sci-fi outfit, and if I was a, a newcomer watching the show, I'd be like, "What the hell is this? And what is that guy doing? Tell me everything yeah. I need to know about Dale right there." Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so I give it a Char King, man. <laughs> right on. Um, also, favorite moment that I didn't say: Bill going, "Take me with you. I hate it here." When Dale's gonna teleport back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, you know, I don't know. I'm torn between like a Char King and a Butane. No, you okay. know what? It's the Char King. This is a really good episode. They use their guest stars well. You don't know yeah. who the guest stars are. They're just guest stars. Guest star. I think that's our big hang-up for this season is us getting pissed off at the uh, special guest stars. Yeah. Like. Yeah, because they're either home runs or they just suck. Well, it's either goddamn no doubt, and I know that was, whatever, season four or five. What is this, six? I don't, whatever. Yeah, it was the end that of season was then. five, yeah. Yeah, thank you. So, like, no doubt, and we hated it. Or you have this with Alan Rickman, and it's like, okay, we're good. Like, it's it's all good. Also, keep an eye out for uh, Sam Neill, because next week we're going to have um, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, we're going to we have Laura the trifecta. Dern. We need the trifecta. I don't think Sam Neill's in King of the Hill, which is a tragedy. But we also had, um, what's his name? Oh, I can't think of it. Never mind. And Jurassic Park 3. Never mind. Don't worry about it. I'm drunk. William H. Macy? I don't know. Thank you. William H. Macy. (laughs) He was in one. I don't remember what... I I don't remember which one he was in, but he was in one recently. Yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah. Nah, it's a a charking. So, it's a charking Imperial out of both of us, and, uh... Yeah. Yeah. 
guess we uh, ought to go wage war on France, buddy. What do you say? I think we wage war on the morrow. But before that, I got a question for you, man. What's that, buddy? You still like King of the Hill? Verily, mine adoration for King of the Hill doth blazeth akin to the sun. And you, fair Johnny? <laughs> I still love King of the Hill, man. Right on. You want to tell them good people where they can find us? I would love to. They can find us at dangolepodcast at gmail.com if you're into that whole email thing. On Twitter and on Instagram at dangolepodcast. They can find me on Twitter at krautballstream. That's kraut as in sauerkraut, ball as in Swedish meatball, and stream as in Mill Creek. The stream in Todd Mission, Texas, right next to the Texas Renaissance Festival. How about you, Mark? I am so proud of you for looking that up. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my good buddy Josh, we take a variety of weird topics and talk about them. I don't know what we're talking about this week because our recording schedules are wildly different, but I'm sure it was something cool. Um... If you want to get mad at me personally and say that I made a gross poop joke about Laura Dern digging through my Triceratops poop, well, you can go to Marky Stardust on Twitter and yell at me there. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, we love you all. Um, if you're being harassed at work, stand up and say something. That's why labor laws exist. That's why your great-grandparents got the shit kicked out of them in, you know, labor reform riots. Don't, go make them proud, guys. Come on now. We'll see you next week, guys. Go watch Galaxy Quest. Go watch Galaxy Quest. <laughs>